What do we miss if we don't know church history, and why would we want to study it? Those are the questions we'll be asking in this All Saints podcast. Hello, I'm Brock Bingaman. And I'm Connie Willems. Together we lead the All Saints Training Center, and we wanted to talk with you about one of the first courses we'll be offering, which is church history. As we do that course, I know, Brock, that you have pulled out a book that you have showed me and said, this is wonderful. We're going to be using this. So it's a book you have in your hands. What is it? The Story of Christianity by Justo Gonzalez, The Early Church to the Present Day. Good book. And it is a big, thick book. And quite frankly, I've never thought, oh, a book on church history is going to be really exciting. But we have been looking at the introduction to the book, and I have to say, I keep reading it and going, this is wonderful. It's a great book. The The test for me is Amanda, my wife, read it cover to cover. So before she was embarking on a nursing program, she said, I want to read something that I've never read before. I've been reading a lot of fiction. And so I said, this is a really good book here. And she'd shown some interest, and she actually loved it. And she had never read any church history before, never taken a church history course. And she actually said it was a page turner. Wow. Her. So it's a good book. That's high praise yeah. for a history book to be a page turner. That's right. This is going to be our second course of All Saints. Tell me, before we get started, why are you enthused about having that as a course? Why did you choose that? Church history. So the first one is biblical studies, looking at encountering God in Scripture. This one, I think, is why we're doing the podcast. Um, church history is not boring or irrelevant. It's actually exciting and rewarding. And as we'll see in a minute, as we read some excerpts from Gonzalez, church history is the study of the work of the Holy Spirit in human history. That, to me, is not boring. That is exciting. That's compelling. So I'm excited about looking at what God has been doing in human history through the church. Are there some bad episodes? Yes. And Gonzalez will comment on that, and we can look at it. So it's not a nice, shiny, wonderful arc of a story at all. There, there's some problematic moments in church history, but it's it's fun. It's rewarding. And I wouldn't necessarily have believed that, but I'm reading what Justo Gonzalez has had to say. I'm really intrigued with this, and we thought we would do something different and share with you the introduction to this book, yeah. because it's the kind of thing we'll be doing at All Saints, but it's also really good stuff. Mm -hmm. So we're actually going to read through some of this and talk about it as we go and see what happens. And we also have a scan of it that we're going to put on a link on All Saints so you could actually read this. It's not even three pages, but it's so rich and well-written that we're going to read a few excerpts and then let that kind of drive our conversation here. It starts out with this great paragraph that describes why history is so important to study. And it just dives right in. So I'm just going to dive right in with it. Go for it. And it starts out with saying, from its very beginning, the Christian message was grafted onto human history. The good news Christians have proclaimed through the ages is that in Jesus Christ and for our salvation, God has entered human history in a unique way. History is crucial for understanding not only the life of Jesus, but also the entire biblical message. 
A good deal of the Old Testament is historical narrative. The Bible tells the story of God's revelation in the life and history of the people of God. Without that story, it is impossible to know that revelation. So, hopefully people were able to track through that first paragraph. Again, you can read it for yourself. What does that tell us about why church history? Why study church history? Why are we going to teach and study and converse about church history? What that does for me is remind me that this is not, quote, only church history, that history itself is the story of God's world. Mm. That he mm-hmm. created. We talk about redemption history, mm-hmm. how God started time itself. Yeah. And we talk about creation and fall and redemption. Well, church history is a slice mm-hmm. of that big story that God is doing. So if I care about God and what he's doing, then this story is woven all the way through it and it extends into the history of the church. So I want to know that part of what he's been up to. So if you're interested in Walking the way of Jesus and reading the Bible, you can't avoid history. Well, you can. You can try, but you're going to be reading history as you read Scripture, that's, that's right. for sure. So if you're going to read the Bible, you can't avoid yeah. history. That's and that's true. what he's arguing here, is from start to finish, God enters into human history through the person of Jesus, and before that, through the Exodus from Egypt. So, like it or not, we, we are, we've got our noses in history. For sure. So I think this is a good argument from the beginning that we shouldn't maybe disdain or avoid it, but plunge into it. Yeah, yeah. If we're going to fast forward a little bit through kind of the introduction, it goes on to say, you can pick it up there. Great, and we're skipping over the second paragraph here, which deals with genealogy and some of these things, but it also talks about the incarnation of the Word who is made flesh, who enters into human history. So again, Gonzalez is making this point that we've got to deal with history if we're going to know God and know the acts of God and be friends with God, study history. So skipping the third paragraph here, it says, After completing his gospel, Luke continued the story of the Christian church in the book of Acts. He did not do this out of mere antiquarian curiosity, but rather out of some important theological considerations. According to Luke and to the entire New Testament, the presence of God among us did not end with the ascension of Jesus. On the contrary, Jesus himself promised his followers that he would not leave them alone, but would send another counselor. At the beginning of Acts, immediately before the ascension, Jesus tells his disciples that they will receive the power of the Holy Spirit, by which they will be his witnesses to the end of the earth. Then follow the events of Pentecost, which mark the beginning of the witnessing life of the church. Thus, the theme of the book that is usually called Acts of the Apostles is not so much the deeds of the apostles as the deeds of the Holy Spirit through the apostles and others. Luke has left us two books, the first on the deeds of Jesus and the second on the deeds of the Spirit. And I think this is interesting because he goes on to say that Luke's second book does not seem to have a conclusion. At the end, Paul is still preaching in Rome. The book doesn't tell us what became of him or the rest of the church. Luke had a theological reason for this, for the story he was telling shall not come to an end before the end of all history. Mm which is a really fascinating thought, that the book of Acts is left open because the story hasn't ended yet. Wow. 
Then he goes on, this is so good, we can't say. What this means for those who share in Luke's faith is that the history of the church, while showing all the characteristics of human history, is much more than the history of an institution or of a movement. This is key. It is a history of the deeds of the Spirit in and through the women and men who have gone before in the faith. So, to study church history is to study much more than just groups of people who are either doing it well or not doing it well. It's to study the work of God through human beings, through this organism called the church. Interesting. It is interesting. When I think of the, the times I've looked back at some kind of movement or something that's happened in the church, I'm not sure I've always been keenly aware, oh, I am studying the acts of God in a way that's maybe it's chapter 579 of the book of Acts, if I mm-hmm. were going to extend the book of Acts all the way into history. Yeah. And we might be on chapter 1000 and who knows what yeah. by now. We'll, we'll see this in our next episode. It, Gonzalez continues to talk about how we uh, not only study history, but we shape it. We'll get to that later. But he's just saying in these paragraphs that the incarnation is historical. And then the ongoing incarnation of Jesus through his church, through his body, that is historical. Now, what do you mean when you say the incarnation is historical? Well, he's saying in that second paragraph there, and he's pointing to John's gospel, that the word of God becomes flesh and enters into human history. At a certain place in a certain time. Yes. So there's this amazing idea that the Word is God and the Word was with God, but the Word enters into our experience. And so, again, Gonzalez is making the argument that, that John does that something happens here. There's a pivot point. There's a fulcrum in human history, and it's the coming of Jesus into our world. So we should be interested in history around that and after that. I'm musing on that as you're talking, and I'm aware that of the Old Testament books that are historical, that talk about in this certain time, in this time in a king, when so-and-so was the ruler here, and that historical thread has been weaving all the way through. And even at how you jump to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul in Acts 17, he's preaching and he's talking about God determined the times and places people should live. God has a history in play, and a point in time in that God enters the story. What one theologian calls theodrama. So really, history is a theological drama Hmm. of God entering in and restoring and rescuing and mopping up the the problems that, that we've made here. And so he's claiming that to study the book of Acts is to study the deeds or the historical works of the Holy Spirit. And this is a whole new take on what church history is. The first time someone mentioned church history to me, I just immediately snoozed. It <laughs> sounded really boring, and I could picture Professor in the tweed jacket who bored himself as he lectured, and it does not have to be that way. We're going to discover this together in All Saints, that studying church history is exciting and incredibly rewarding. It's interesting you mentioned mopping up the the Holy Spirit has entered in and he's worked through people and he's mopped it up because um, what Justo Gonzalez has written goes on to talk about, okay, there are some episodes here that are not 
the kind of things we would want to read. Yeah. Doesn't look like the deeds of the Holy Spirit. It is. It's not the deeds of the Holy Spirit. Else. Deeds of something else going on. Yes. Yeah. This is church history. God help us. Yeah. So there are episodes in the course of that history where it is difficult to see the action of the Holy Spirit. As our narrative unfolds, we shall find those who have used the faith of the church for their financial gain or to increase their personal power. There will be others who will forget or twist the commandment of love, boys, and that's the truth, mm. and will persecute their enemies with a vindictiveness unworthy of the name of Jesus. At other times, it will appear to many of us that the church has forsaken the biblical faith, mm. and some will even doubt that such church can truly be called Christian. Wow, I'm just, I'm sitting here speechless because there's no way to gloss over this. If you're going to study church history, we need to know up front, yes, there are going to be some glorious moments. It will be amazing to watch human beings cooperate with the presence of God. This is what God is doing, and people are aligning with that. There will be other times. You see, this is the church. It's the antithesis of what God wants to do. Oh, it's depressing. Yeah, it's a mess. About two years ago, a friend and I had been talking that our reading recently had gotten fluffy, Mm -hmm. and we were worried about our attention spans. And she talked about that she was trying to read some stuff that was more substantive. And shortly after that, I was in the library. So at least I was in the library, (laughs) and I was picking up a shelf of books on the shelf on, I don't know, it was the history of baseball or something. Not as fluffy as it could be, but not particularly substantive. And right next to it, was this huge, I don't even know how big that book was. It was like a 900-page book Mm. about the Reformation. And I looked at it and went, well, 900 pages, that's not fluffy. And so I picked it up and I read this 200-year history Mm. of all the shifts that happened in the 14, 15, and 1600s. And there were these glorious moments, like you mentioned, but oh my goodness, I was startled and grieved to read of how quickly after the glory, people who called themselves by God's names were killing each other, killing each other in the name of obscure points of doctrine. That's church history. Uh, You know what? It sounds a lot like the Bible. Sadly. I mean, really, if maybe we haven't thought about this, biblical history is full of lots of ups and downs and potholes and broken people. One minute they're doing amazing things, the next minute they're committing adultery and murdering people. The very apostle of the New Testament was previously killing, hunting down Christians and watched the martyrdom of Stephen. That's the person that God chooses. So biblical history is filled with these kinds of twists and turns and problems. So why wouldn't the rest of church history be similar. Think about Cain and Abel. The very beginning of the whole story has people doing something that we would think unfathomable. Thus begins the theodrama. There's lots of tension and high points and low points. And so if the scriptures themselves tell the story, the narrative of God making all things new, church history is, is part of that story. It's harder to grapple with, though, for me, quite frankly, because it is, A, more recent. It's Mm -hmm. not ancient, ancient history. And B, it is such a divisive point 
that actually does keep people from God because they look at things God's people have done in his name and say, I want no part of that. Yeah. Wow. And that's understandable, isn't it? I mean, we can understand why people react to certain moments or movements and say, I want to have nothing to do with that. I would react that way. Yeah. I look at my own tradition, certain things that would oftentimes Protestant folks look at the Reformation and think, isn't this amazing? These people, Luther and Calvin and Zwingli and others, rise up and they purify the church. And nah, you haven't read the full picture. I mean, these were people doing some necessary things. But then there were some real problems, even with them. I mean, Calvin, one moment, is writing this amazing institutes of the Christian faith, the Christian religion, and instructing and empowering people and getting the scriptures in the hands of people. But then the next minute he's turning around and and speaking about killing the Muslims. And meaning it. And meaning it. So, and that's not to pick on Calvin. I think that we find problems with many movements in church history. And so we read it with a careful eye, with discernment, and hopefully we learn from it. That's why we study church history, is let's not repeat the same problems and repeat the same mindsets. But as Gonzalez says here, keep recovering and rediscovering The commandment of love. You know, he has two really good points that he brings up about what to do with these points in history. And the first of them is, he says that while, remember that while this narrative is the history of the deeds of the Spirit, it is also the history of those deeds through sinners such as us. This is clear as early as New Testament times where Peter, Paul, and the rest are depicted both as people of faith (laughs) and as sinners. And if that example is not sufficiently stark, it should suffice to take another look at the saints to whom Paul addresses his first epistle to the Corinthians. Wow, that's right. The church at Corinth had a few problems, and they had drunkenness and incest and abuse of spiritual gifts, and they were uh, cliquish. Mm, That church was an absolute mess. It happens to be one of my favorite letters. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's so real. It's so human. So, I guess I kind of wish that there had been at least a brief, pure moment of glory. Like, you could at least look back at the early church and go, well, they had it together. And apparently it's been the history of the Holy Spirit working through sinners such as us. That's right. Broken vessels, right? Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I wonder if there's ever a segment of time where wow, it really seems like they didn't derail. Maybe they were living out the commandment of love, love for God, love for people like Jesus intended, but probably not long before that gets mucked up and then God comes in and has to restore and repair and raise people up. This is exciting. It's not a boring, one-dimensional, monolithic, oh my gosh, here we go again, another wonderful episode. It's like the book of Judges. It is really it's a cycle yeah. of turning away from God. God raises up leaders, brings them back. They turn to God, and there's a restoration. So that's what church history is. You know, it's a little bit encouraging. I mean, there's part of it that's kind of the grief as going, wow, I wish I weren't looking at something like this. But then there's also this thing that says, but then that means there's hope for us. When I look around and I see churches not acting the way I wish they would. 
that means the Holy Spirit is still active at work, redeeming and clearing away today. So the message of Scripture, the message of church history is there's hope. Mm-hmm. God doesn't give up on us, thankfully. That's that's worthwhile. That's worth studying church history. Yeah. Gonzalez makes a second point here about the church history narrative. And he says the second thing to remember is that it has been through those sinners and that church and only through them that the biblical message has come to us. Even in the darkest times of the life of the church, there were those Christians who loved, studied, kept, and copied the scriptures and thus bequeathed them to us. That is such a good point. I remember the time some years back when I first recognized that the reason I had a Bible Mm. to own and have was because through century after century after century, in what I might even consider the Dark Ages in Europe, there were people in monasteries who were faithfully guarding and copying that book and handing it down to the next generation. And that salvation thread, for me, in my line, goes through France and Germany and Holland and all of those unnamed people that I've never met over the centuries who pass something down. That's right. And I'm sure I would also look at the churches that surrounded them and go, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. that's what my heritage came through, but that's what it came through. All the way back to Israel. Wow. And that really is, that hopefully is what people would conclude. They wouldn't be intimidated to study church history, but they would see from Gonzalez and others that it is enriching, it's relevant, it brings wisdom, and there's hope. Yeah. Even reading those episodes that he talks about that just are pretty bleak, there's hope. Because God is still who he is. Mm. He's still in action. And he's still working out his story Mm. through the human story. There is so much more we can talk about here. And And we we will. will. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to stop because we're actually excited about church history. So we're going to keep going. And so in future conversations, we'll be saying more about this. Actually, the very next one we're going to do is kind of a continuation mm-hmm. of some of this Gonzalez material. As we've mentioned, the Christian history course that we'll be offering with All Saints is part of our core courses. And this, after biblical studies, Christian history will be the second one that we offer. If you're interested, if we've piqued your interest at all, you can find out more information on our website, which is allsaints.center. And there's all the information there that you can find out about the courses, and just a reminder that even the material we've been reading today will have up there for you as well. Thank you, Connie. (laughs) Thank you. It's been good, and we'll look forward to talking to you again. Mm -hmm.